On today's episode, we will talk about Key 5 in the Major Arcana, the Hierophant, originally, and still in some decks, the Pope. How can we use traditional knowledge and authority? When and how can we tear it down? Who are your teachers? Where can you teach? Let's dive in. On Crystalline Knowledge Tarot, I'll share all things tarot, with a little bit of social science, a large dose of feminism, and a sprinkling of mysticism to show how tarot can be used for learning, self-development, and collective liberation. There are many perspectives on the practice of tarot and how to read and interpret the cards. This is my perspective, not the perspective, and I respect the many tarot journeys that people are on. This is how I practice and the lens I bring. Hi friends, welcome back to the show. Today's episode is all about the Hierophant, the last of our temporal, earthly, time-bound rulers of the major arcana. The first three being the High Priestess or the Popess, the Empress, and the Emperor. During the time that the tarot emerged in Italy, the Pope was dominant in the religious sphere, of course, but was also heavily involved in the realm of ruling kingdoms. The Pope crowned the Emperor, for example, so it makes sense that the Hierophant trumps the Emperor. However, let's remember that this card is trumped by all cards that follow it. So this archetype, the Hierophant, the Pope, the High Priest, the patriarchal conduit between God or the divine and humans is not the ultimate goal of the fool's journey. The Hierophant is the keeper and disseminator of divine secrets. The high priestess, if we recall, is also the keeper of secrets, but she doesn't necessarily share them with us. And one role of the Hierophant is to share those divine messages with the people, with community. This card is about a leader as well. This is the first card, for example, at least in most depictions, where we see more than one person on the card. Uh, the Hierophant sits on a throne, uh, blessing and giving knowledge to those gathered around them. Uh, in the Rider Waite Coleman Smith version, it's two people, uh, but it can be more. So this person, the high priest, is the teacher. They are the provider of knowledge and information. And much like the emperor, I hear a lot from folks that I read for, uh, that I listen to talk about the tarot, that they don't really connect with this card, that they, they don't get it, that it doesn't really resonate with them. And I think a lot of this has to do with the association this card has with traditional, conventional, mainstream, patriarchal, religious authority. I think that a lot of people who are drawn to the practice of tarot, all things witchy and woo-woo, have some trauma, often rightfully so. I want to be clear, I am not discrediting that. They have some trauma around these traditional institutions, like religious institutions, like the government, like patriarchy, heteronormativity, white supremacy, bourgeois culture. So the high priest or the hierophant or the pope and its associations call to mind these types of things. Follow the traditional path. Don't stray from conventions or norms that many of us balk at. 
but there are other ways to think about this card. I want to jump into traditional associations and keywords and then start to break it down a bit. All right, first things first, let's talk associations. This card is associated with the planet Venus and the element of Earth. We've had both of these associations before, quite recently, in fact, with the Empress. Earth is a stable, grounded energy, a receptive energy that is open to what comes and is able to reflect and integrate what comes. And in the case of the Hierophant, we would think of this um, most stereotypically or archetypally being able to receive and interpret from the divine. But Earth can be too dogmatic, again, which we can see in the traditional interpretations of this card as emblematic of orthodoxy. Venus, the planet Venus, is the lover. Venus likes things to be beautiful, to be aesthetically pleasing, as we talked about with the Empress. Now, I think here of the actual Pope and the beautiful, ornate religious objects, art, fabrics that adorn him and adorn the Vatican Palace where the Pope lives. I, I think it's called the Vatican Pal Palace. Please, Catholic listeners, don't kill me if I get some of those pieces uh, slightly incorrect. Keywords for this card include, as we just mentioned, orthodoxy, tradition, institutions or institutionalism, convention, uh, religious and spiritual rituals. Um, also, though, a teacher or a guru, instruction, the art of teaching, perhaps, and philosophy. If you read reversals, you can see what the opposite of these might be. Uh, for example, being unorthodox or unconventional, challenging authority, the crumbling of traditional repressive structures. Now, generally, I do not read reversals, as I've mentioned before, but this energy is also contained within the card. It is key five in the major arcana, and typically fives in the tarot represent challenges, change, um, adversity. Think of the uh, five of pentacles or the five of cups here for, for that adversity piece. There's also an element of work or of needing to do the work that is required to push through those challenges or the adversity that we're facing. And let's be real, who likes work? I mean, at least who likes the traditional capitalist Protestant work ethic type of work? Not me. But this struggle or conflict that comes from the challenges um, that we are presented with in the fives in the tarot is something that we all need to work through and to do that work in order to have spiritual growth. Okay, so the obvious archetype here is a religious leader or authority, like the Pope, a guru, an imam, a rabbi, a priest, or you know some religious authority of some kind. I think about how these religious figures are tasked with being the mediator between the divine and humans, as I mentioned earlier. They make moral judgments. They determine what is right or wrong. Um, these are some of the questions or roles that are tasked to this type of figure in our society. Now, in an ideal world, if this religious authority hears the message from God, they correctly interpret it, 
and share it with all in ways that we can comprehend and integrate into our lives. Um, I want to remind folks that during the time that the tarot was created, a huge portion of the population was illiterate. So they relied on visual depictions of religious stories and parables, as well as verbal explanations from religious authority. And this is a lot of power. And we can see how this power can be and is abused. But can we also envision the Hierophant channeling divine messages and blessing the community with them? They can provide that deep spiritual knowledge and guidance and answer tough, challenging, philosophical, and, and spiritual questions. The other major archetype that I think of with this card is the teacher. There are trusted, true theories, philosophies, and methodologies that can use to accomplish a task. And this card suggests maybe we can pull on those or seek out someone who can help us to understand them. I've been uh, re-watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer for the however manyth time. And I obviously think of Giles. He represents the traditional knowledge of the Watcher's Council. He first comes to us as a librarian, maybe with a little secret, who can cross-reference demons and incantations from ancient texts to aid Buffy and the Scooby Gang in all of their endeavors fighting evil. So one traditional interpretation of this card in a reading is that a teacher is going to come into your life or that you need to seek out the advice of a teacher or a mentor to aid in solving your problem. Um, it could also have something to do with seeking out educational opportunities. So going to get another degree or certification of some type or going to a class. Um, in a more symbolic sense, we might ask, like, what's the teachable moment? What, what can we learn from this situation? Things might seem pretty bad, but what can we take from this and move forward and be better? And also, are we the teacher? So is the seeker or the querent, the person asking the question, are they the teacher represented in this card? And how are we showing up in service to the collective in this role of the teacher? Are we sharing our knowledge and skills and insight with others? Can we be that role for someone else who needs it? Because we, of course, have benefited from the teachers in our lives. Can we pay that forward to lead and guide and support other people to share our knowledge and our gifts that we have accumulated with others? Thinking about teachers and teachings, I'm reminded of work on critical and radical pedagogy. Uh, Paulo Freire wrote perhaps the most well-known piece on critical education and practice, The Pedagogy of the Oppressed. And I want to read a couple of quick excerpts that speak to the difference between a radical pedagogy and what he terms a banking model of education. Um, this is one in which students are passive receptacles of knowledge and the teacher is all-knowing. And as well, the potential of education to really transform. So he writes, quote, We must never merely discourse on the present situation. 
must never provide the people with programs which have little or nothing to do with their own preoccupations, doubts, hopes, and fears. It is not our role to speak to the people about our own view of the world, nor attempt to impose that view on them, but rather to dialogue with the people about their view and ours. We must realize that their view of the world, manifested variously in their action, reflects their situation in the world. He continues later in the book, quote, The revolution is made neither by the leaders for the people, nor by the people for the leaders, but by both acting together in unshakable solidarity. This solidarity is born only when the leaders witness to it by their humble, loving, and courageous encounter with the people. Not all men and women have sufficient courage for this encounter. But when they avoid encounter, they become inflexible and treat others as mere objects. Instead of nurturing life, they kill life. Instead of searching for life, they flee from it. And these are oppressor characteristics, end quote. So through practice, through this encounter, through this kind of conversation, both teacher and student are transformed. And, and this can be really radical. And it isn't one or the other, teacher teaching students or students teaching teachers. It is both. But it is also something much more that can come out of this. And it also speaks to how we can break down those oppressor ideologies, those hegemonic ideologies that we have internalized to create a new type of society and a new world. And feminist scholar Bell Hooks, similarly, sees education in her words as a practice of freedom, and she writes that the classroom is a potentially radical space, but that this can only happen when we are in community with each other and in dialogue with each other. She writes, quote, As a classroom community, our capacity to generate excitement is deeply affected by our interest in one another, in hearing one another's voices, and in recognizing one another's presence. Teachers should be, if we think about the, this quote, teachers should be authoritative, but not authoritarian, if that makes sense. Teachers have love for the subject matter and devotion to it and devotion to truth, but also to their students, to their community. It isn't a dispassionate, sort of overly rational, we must remove all emotion from the situation. It's love. And teachers have love, again, for the subject, for the students, for the community. There's a, a passion element here. And it's this kind of teacher that the Hierophant can be if we reimagine them a little bit. Before we go into symbolism, I want to talk about a couple of shadow archetypes with this card. The most obvious, which I just alluded to, is the authoritarian teacher. The old school my way or the highway exclusivist disciplinarian they are too stuck in orthodoxy or convention to be open to alternative perspectives or ways of knowing, who reproduces inequality and oppression in their teachings and interpretations, the kind of colonialist anthropologist 
who otherizes and justifies oppression through their teachings and scholarship. Another really obvious one to me is the false teacher or the false prophet, um, most obvious in the cult leader type. But we see this energy all over social media, like just utter and complete charlatans who deceive and misform, who provide terrible, atrocious, dangerous, potentially fitness, diet, or, you know, quote unquote, medical advice. They are everywhere. We also see a lot of these uh, tarot readers, and I'm using that term loosely, who go viral, who pull a card, something like the Three of Swords, right? The Three of Swords has a heart with three swords piercing it, rain coming down, and they'll say something like, your lover is coming back to you. The person who you desire desires you. And it's like, wait, what? Like, that's obviously not what that card is about. And so you wonder if they have any idea what the tarot is or what it's about. Um, but people listen to this and, and they fall prey to it, right? This is a shadow energy of the Hierophant. And again, touching briefly on the symbolism, if we look at the Rider-Waite-Coleman-Smith card, the Hierophant sits on a throne between two pillars, much like the High Priestess. Um, he has a staff in one hand and a crown on his head, uh, both representing authority. Uh, his cape is red with white, uh, symbolizing pure intentions or divinity, but also the ability to take power, have power and take action in the real world. His other hand um, is making a blessing. And there are three nails at the top of the crown representing the crucifixion. And thinking about the blessing in the left hand, um, is this card blessing something else in the reading or the spread? Uh, something to look out for if you draw this card. And I've talked about the Muse Tarot before, and I'll link to the website with so many resources in the show notes. And the Hierophant in this deck is such a unique depiction. Um, there's a stone, barren landscape with a giant muse at the top. She's the Hierophant. She is nude, except for a wine-colored headscarf. And there are two seekers who have offered gifts of fire to her. And reading from the booklet that comes with this deck, one of the associations is failing or outdated systems or crumbling beliefs which is non-traditional in a lot of ways. But the depiction of the Hierophant as femme, as a woman, as nude, without all of the trappings of opulence and tradition, it really works. And the poem or affirmation that goes along with this card says, quote, Dear teacher, sacred mentor, dear loving leader guide, I am deeply grateful to your heart, untethered net cast wide end quote. And this version of the card asks us to challenge those structures to follow our guiding principles and to really become our own teacher. So that is Key 5, The Hierophant, and thanks so much for listening to this episode of the show. You can find me at Crystalline Knowledge Tarot on Instagram. I also have a Patreon for listeners who want to support my work and get some additional perks such as a monthly tarot spread delivered to your email. You can find the link to my Patreon in the show notes. And thanks a lot. See you next time.